Just as the gospel transformed pagan cultures, so the pagan gods are transforming our culture. The pagan gods were not like our god, but joined to demons. This is Bob Boyd. And Jerry Boyd. This is Issues in Education. People today think pagan idols were just in primitive cultures, just mythological, that our scientific age has dispelled the myth of these pagan gods. But is it possible these pagan gods are really demonic spirits? Is it possible that these pagan deities are coming into our culture in disguise today? Israel in the Old Testament was destroyed and the captives were led to Babylon to be slaves because they turned away from worshiping the true and living God to worshiping the anti-gods or false gods like Baal and the other spirit entities. Our guest is best-selling author of seven books, including The Harbinger that sold more than a million copies, Jonathan Kahn. Jonathan Kahn is a Messianic rabbi who leads an international outreach called Hope of the World, and he leads the Jerusalem Center, Beth Israel, outside New York City. Jonathan Kahn's newest book is called The Return of the Gods. Jonathan Kahn reveals the ancient mysteries behind events today. Jonathan Kahn, are these gods you write about real? The Return of the Gods has to be the most explosive book I've ever written. This is opening really a mystery behind everything that's happening in the culture, what's transforming it, what's been changing America. There's a reason for it. We hear about the gods, but what if there could be something real about them? What does actually the Bible say about them? If they're real, if these are entities, then could they return? If they did, what would happen to America? This is exactly what's happening to America. But people don't realize the Bible speaks about this very clearly. In Deuteronomy, it says that the nations and the people who are worshiping false gods and idols, they're actually worshiping something called the Shedim. And in Hebrew, the word Shedim means literally the entities or the spirits. This comes again in the psalm. It says they offered their children to the Shedim. And then it says the rabbis, when they translated the Hebrew into the Greek, the word they used for Shedim was daimonia. We get the word demonic or demon from it. Actually, the pagan nations, they called their gods demons. <laughs> you know, to them, it was the same thing. So what it's revealing, Paul in Corinthians says, the pagans are, when they're doing the idols, they're worshiping the daimonia, the Shedim, the demonic beings. So the Bible is saying that behind the gods are spirits, entities, dark entities. And so what it means is that, you know, in ancient times, they're worshiping the gods, they're worshiping demonic spirits. So that brings us to Ephesians 6, where it talks about, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. This is really creepy. People are not aware of that. And so in ancient Israel, they were doing the same thing. And then Rome, Zeus, all these mythological gods that I learned about in grade school. Yeah, totally, absolutely right. A lot of people miss this when they're reading the Bible. They don't realize this is exactly what the Bible says. It's very clear. What it means is that these ancient civilizations, as you said, Rome, and I mean, really, every civilization, if they're worshiping these gods and they're giving themselves to these spirits, that means that there's a possession that these spirits are, have been, in pagan culture, are possessing. And the amazing thing is, when you look at pagan culture, you see all the biblical signs of possession. The closer you get to the, quote, God, or the, you know, the spirit the more you see it would be shaking and foaming at the mouth. These are the signs of possessions. These are possessed civilizations and cultures. So it wasn't just a person or these people. The whole civilization, pagan civilization, were possessed. Zeus and all. But then something happened to change all that. 
Yeah, that's true. Something did happen. It's pretty dramatic because, I mean, these pagan gods in the ancient world, I think it's fascinating that they were joined to actual demons. Today, people don't see this pagan demonic worship. They think it's mythical. But you're saying there was an actual connection between these pagan gods and actual demons. Yeah, yeah. You're bringing up great points here, because that's why, even today, if you took ancient pagan worship and you brought it to modern times, it would be the occult. The occult and ancient pagan worship is basically the same. What happened was Jesus happened. Messiah happened. He came to the world, and he not only had the power to drive out spirits, but also he sent the gospel, the word of God, into the pagan world, which is basically the whole world. Send them in. So when the apostles went in, you have really a clash, a spiritual war. As you said at the beginning, we war against principalities. So that's what happened. You read the book of Acts, that's what you see. This possessed slave girl is stalking Paul until he cast out, and then there's an uproar. And then in another city, the entire city goes into an uproar in defense of their God. When the Christians were being persecuted in Rome, it was over the gods. It says, if you worship our gods, we won't kill you. It was all about the gods. And even the great persecution, the greatest persecution that Rome ever did, was launched by one of these oracles, these ladies who were possessed by the gods, spoke to the emperor and said, do this. So the spirits are behind it. But in the end, the gospel prevailed. The gods was the end. Zeus was gone. The temples of Zeus were abandoned. The shrines of Athena were gone. They were all, they left the gods. The gods, in a sense, were over. But behind the gods are spirits, and spirits don't die. Spirits still there. So when the gospel came in, this is the greatest exorcism, the greatest mass exorcism in human history. And that is why Western civilization is so unique, because it's the only one that was exercised totally of these things. So the question is, if these spirits are alive, I mean, they don't die, then what happened to them? What would happen if they returned? And actually, Jesus gives us a warning about that very thing. And what is that warning? Is it about the house of spirits? Yes. The parable that a lot of believers know about the parable where he speaks about the spirit departing from a man. The spirit goes forth, and he's talking about an exorcism, goes forth and then wanders the earth looking for a place to rest and finds nothing. So it says, I'm going to go back to the house from which I came. He's going to his house. He's talking about the guy. He inhabited the guy like a house. So he goes back to the man, finds the house swept in order, empty, and goes back and gets seven other spirits, more evil than himself, and they repossess the house, or they repossess the man, and Jesus, Messiah, says that the latter state is worse than the beginning. The man is now worse off, repossessed. But people think that this is just about a man. It's not. He says at the end, he says, so it shall be with this generation. And so he's talking about more than just a man. And we're saying that entire civilizations can be possessed. So the warning is this, and this, is, this has everything to do with us. This has everything to do with America, everything to do with the West. And the warning is this. Any civilization or nation or culture that has been exercised or has been cleansed by the power of God, by the gospel, has been cleansed of these spirits, if it ever turns away from God, if it ever starts becoming that empty house, it starts driving God out, then 
What's going to happen is the house is not going to stay empty. What's going to happen is the spirits that were cast out of that civilization are going to return to it. The gods will return. Translation to modern times, to America, the spirits that were cast out in the first centuries by the gospel are going to return to modern America, the Western civilization. They're going to return to possess it, to repossess it. The warning is that the latter state is going to be worse than the beginning. In other words, what's going to come of this is going to be worse than the pagan civilization at the beginning. And when you look at these nations that once knew God, like for instance, Russia turns away from Christianity, what happens? The Soviet Union happens. It's not secular, it's demonic. When Germany, which gave the world the Reformation, turns away from the gospel, what happens? Not not secular, Hitler happens. The Third Reich happens. It's demonic. But now it's happening to America and much of the world. Jesus said when an unclean spirit or a demon is expelled from a person but finds nowhere else to go, he returns to that person and brings seven more demons or evil spirits with him. And it's going to be worse than the first. So he's seeing a whole generation, a whole culture can become possessed by these demonic hordes. And so what does this portend for America? The spiritual root of America, the spiritual kind of DNA of Western civilization is Israel. It's from the Bible. That's the key. Which gods are coming back? Which spirits? Which gods? Is it going to be the minds? Be... So the thing is that when you look at it, it's the same spirits that were cast out 2,000 years ago of Western civilization and the same spirits that remember when Israel turned away from God, what were the gods or principalities that they turned to or that really possessed their culture and destroyed them? There's three specific ones, three main gods that really epitomize the fall of Israel. In the return of the gods, I call it the dark trinity. And these same gods or principalities, spirits, are the very ones that are returning to America, the very ones that are at work right now. And remember, these are pagan or demonic. These are pagan gods or demonic spirits. They're coming to a civilization that has once known God. This is different. And that has been cleansed, like that house. It's a Christian, Judeo-Christian nation. So their mission is to take a Judeo-Christian nation or civilization and turn it into a pagan one. And that's exactly what they're going to do. And if you want to understand what's happening in the last half century to America, like the craziness, and to the world, it is exactly this. The spirits come to repossess. When you take God out, you don't have any more defense. The only thing that was stopping all this darkness was God, the gospel, Jesus. When you take him out of the culture, that's it. The same things are coming back, and they have. What is interesting is you compare America to ancient Israel. When you think of ancient Israel, they were following the Lord, but once they entered the promised land, well, they didn't follow him before, but then God said, don't mingle with these pagan nations. They're pagan gods. And yeah. when Israel did, they turned away from God and replaced the living God with these false gods. You're comparing America with Israel in the sense that we were a Christian nation following God. So 
Jonathan, when did these gods return? This is all linked to the replaying of ancient Israel, which God says, this is a template, this is for our edification. We've spoken about the signs of judgment when a nation turns. We've talked about the patterns. Well, this is now the inner working of it. And the amazing thing is that we've seen everything parallel ancient Israel to America. It's not just the signs, it is the actual spirits that are possessing us. So, now the first of the dark trinity, the possessor. This is actually what his name means in Hebrew. The word is Baal, and that means the possessor, the master, the lord, and the owner. And we, in English, we say Baal, but that's the possessor. And so he is the first one. He's kind of like that first spirit that comes back to the house, and this is, I'm going to bring the others. Notice, when you read the Bible, you notice that Baal is almost always mentioned first. Baal is the one who really leads it, who turns it. As you ask, when would that happen? When America opens the door, just like you said Israel did. When did America open the door? Remember the warning of Jesus, if you empty the house, that house is not going to stay empty. So it's when we start emptying the house or the culture of God. When does that happen? It happens the early 60s. We begin by saying, okay, let's take prayer out of school. Little thing like that, not a big deal. We think a prayer out of school, we are removing God from the future. The children are the future. We're separating the children from God. And so at that same moment, it opens the door. The spirit comes in, the spirit of the possessor comes in and begins to take ground step by step by step. What did Baal or the spirit of Baal do to Israel? Started driving God out of everything, out of the culture, out of the public square, out of the government. This spirit has been at work at America from that time. It hasn't stopped. And it's been driving God out of everything. What else does the Bible say that Baal did or the spirit of Baal? That he caused Israel to forget God. Well, this spirit has been causing America to forget God. And it says he caused Israel to turn away from the commandments of God. We've been watching that one step after the next, overturning this morality, this value, this template of God. And also, we've literally struck down the Ten Commandments. What's happening? And to understand this, we have been undergoing a process of paganization. And paganization is new morality. It's not new morality. What we are watching in every realm of culture, it is turning back to paganism. It is the paganization of America. Boy, that's well said. So the mission of these pagan spirits, these demons, is to take a Christian nation and turn it into a pagan nation. And that's exactly what they've been doing. So in ancient Israel, when Baal was unable to possess one generation, He focused on the next, the children, which are the future of the nation. And so the Word of God in America was a safeguard against false gods. But when that was eliminated in this country, and I have to say in the mid-20th century, children not only prayed in the public schools, they were led in prayer by their public school teachers who read the Word of God to them. But when prayer, Bible reading, creation was taken out, Ten Commandments banned, that really opened the door. That was a monumental change that really opened the door to this demonic possession that we're seeing that you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing, because it's hard for people to even imagine what you said. There was a time in America where actually the teachers across the nation led the children across the nation in secular 
public schools led them in the Lord's Prayer. And yet, look at what's happening. Well, we'll just take this out. Look at what's come in now. Look what's come into the children, to kindergartners, what's come into our schools. Well, that's exactly what Jesus said, that you empty the house, the house is not staying empty. So you take God out, something else is coming in. You take the Spirit out, then another Spirit is coming in. And this has affected us in so many ways that people don't even realize it. Let me give you an example. When God is the center of a culture, one God is one truth. Paganism, you have many gods, so you don't have one truth, you have many truths. Well, look at what's happened to America. There's this spirit that says, there's no such thing as real truth. You have your truth, I have my truth. If a man says he's a tree, well, that's his authentic truth. If a woman says, I'm a they, that's her authentic truth. That's paganism. That is the paganization of America. So it has happened in ways we don't even realize. Well, in fact, man becomes his own God. Man becomes his own truth. He takes God out of the equation and anything goes, and so there is no absolute truth. And and I just want to say, you said that the nation's children would now be trained against the ways of God. The American school system had become the house of spirits. What exactly is Baal? Is that the god of success? And What's that all about? Yeah, Baal is the anti-God. He's the substitute to the true God. He's the God of the falling away, the God of the apostate, the God who opens the door or comes in first. He's the God of fertility, prosperity, money. We've gone after, you know, that's how it begins. We've got the materialism, all those things. Amazing that you bring this up because the sign of Baal was that of a molten bull. A bronze molten bull was the embodiment of this spirit. And it's a sign of, of a culture that's been taken over, possessed by this spirit. Well, what if this sign of Baal would ever come to America? It already has. If you go to New York City, actually near where the Harbingers are, go to New York City, you will see a massive, gigantic image, molten bronze bull, the very biblical sign of Baal, the sign of a nation that is possessed by this spirit and that has once known God but has given itself to the gods. It's right there. And it's interesting because it's there in the financial district, as you alluded to, Baal's the god of prosperity. What do we call our prosperity? We call them bull markets, Baal, bull, all that involved political leaders, leaders of New York City, where they had a ceremony around an object that was linked to the temple of Baal. They had music. I actually went down there. We actually were an eyewitnesses. We filmed it. This is real. This is why America has been changing. It's the paganization that was brought to you by Baal. Okay, but Jonathan, people worshipped these gods, and behind the gods are the spirits. We know that. Yes. But people would say today, we are not worshipping idols. We are not bowing down to some little graven image. And so explain to people, what yeah. is an idol? Great point. We don't call it that, but it's the same thing. Because if you turn away from God, you're going to turn to gods. You're going to turn to idols. Anything that you serve above all things, that's an idol. That's your God. Anything that you dwell on more than anything else, anything that your well-being is linked to, anything that motivates you more than anything else, that's your God. That's the Spirit. That's your God. That's your idol. Anything that replaces God. Because when you turn away from God, what happens? All these other things become gods, whether it's money, whether it's sex, whether it's carnality, whether it's entertainment, whether it's the computer. That's why America is more driven and addicted now than any other time. Because when you turn away from God, you know, the word Baal means master. And it wasn't just one. There were many forms of Baal. They call them the Baals in the Bible. There are many Baals, but, but America has become mastered 
by the gods. Yeah, that's true. And so we see under this huge bull outside the stock market, we see this giant statue. You said it's 11 feet high, 16 feet long, 7,100 pounds, mm. molten metal image of a bull. And you said a bull market is a bale market. I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But there's something yeah. to that because in ancient Israel, this molten bull image was the sign of Baal. Yeah, he's the first. There's three of them. The second of the Dark Trinity is the Enchantress. She was the wife of Baal in Canaanite mythology. She is the goddess of sexual immorality, unbridled sexual passion. She's actually a harlot, a prostitute, a whore, goddess. In ancient times, she basically sexualized the entire culture. Pagan culture was sexualized. There were sex going on in the temple, literally. What would happen if this principality returned to America? Because the first is Baal, then he brings Ashtora. What would happen is we'd expect a transformation in the realm of sexuality. That's exactly what happened. Like clockwork, first comes Baal, turning away in the early 60s, then it's followed by the sexual revolution. This is the fingerprints of Ishtar, of this goddess. And what she does is she sexualizes a culture. Think about it, like what does a prostitute do? She's a prostitute. It takes sexuality out of marriage and brings it into the culture. She sexualizes it. It goes into the marketplace. Well, that's exactly what's happened to America. And it has not stopped since she first came. That if the mission of these things coming to a, quote, Christian nation is to paganize a Christian nation or turn a Christian nation to pagan one, then the mission of this goddess or the enchantress, this Ishtar, is to take a Christian nation and turn it into a pagan one by seducing it using the realm of sexuality. And look what you said. You said the late 1960s, look at the sexual revolution, the hippie movement, and so she's a transgressor, a breaker of rules and boundaries and standards and no limits. That's what they wanted, yeah. no boundaries. Yeah, that was her. It hasn't stopped. The sexual revolution began there, but it is affecting us to this day. It gets deeper and deeper, and it's all linked to this principality. This goddess actually warred against marriage. She weakened marriage. Look what's happened to marriage since the sexual revolution. It's been weakened. It's been decimated. Children are being sexualized. In ancient times, she was called in Greek, porne. That's where we get the word porn from, pornography. She is the inventor of pornography. The very first pornography in the world is the literature of this goddess. And so now she causes pornography to spread. America, founded to be this city on the hill, a light to the world, is now the world's greatest producer of pornography. She is the porn goddess. Yeah, this enchantress, or Ishtar, said, I am a woman, I am a man. So she joins the masculine and the feminine. That's what Ishtar is all about, blurring the reality to make a man into a woman and a woman into a man, and transform the idea, the differences between men and women, feminizing men, masculizing women. So women are seen as warriors, aggressive, vulgar. Movies show women fighting and beating up men, even having supernatural powers. Women are in the military, in position of combat. And so Ishtar has really liberated, according to the lie, Ishtar has liberated women, but really has made them less fulfilled and less happy. Yeah, she is the goddess of androgyny, of literally confusing, blurring male and female. This has affected everything, everything you just said. From 
from the 60s comes radical feminism, which is basically the spirit of Ishtar. War against men. You don't need men. Men are toxic, are horrible. That spirit, it's a spirit in America. That's what she did back then. That's the spirit of Ishtar. She seeks to emasculate men. Women are told to become like men, and men are told to become less like men, become more like women. And that is what's happening. It's destroying our culture. She transforms men into women and women into men. Jonathan, maybe you could give us a conclusion and maybe end our program yes. with a prayer. We have the true God. He is more powerful. Moses said, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? There's nobody. There's nobody like Jesus. Nobody. We cannot be half-hearted. you got to go all the way. Do whatever you have to do. Repent of whatever you have to repent of. Turn to God. Repentance leads to revival. And then let's go full blast. If these are the days of Elijah, then we have to be the Elijahs of the day. And pray for revival. Let's do it right now. Father, we just praise you and thank you. I ask for everybody listening. Father, touch their life. There are those in bondage. There are those who are in the darkness of these things. Lord, set them free. Let there be repentance. Repentance brings revival. And Lord, touch those who know you and who need to be set on fire for the gospel, Lord. And we commit to it this day. Lord, have your way. And we praise you in the name of Jesus the Messiah, or Haolam, light of the world, of the tribe of Judah. Amen. Oh, amen. Thank you so much. God bless you, Jonathan. God bless you guys. Our guest, Jonathan Kahn, author of The Return of the Gods, we as a nation have eliminated the God of the Bible from our schools and his commandments from our culture, and we've turned to other gods, false gods, which aren't gods at all. What led to the diminishing of the pagan gods in ancient times? The gospel, just as Jesus cast demons out of people, so the disciples also cast demons out as the gospel spread. The word of God set people free, but dark demonic spirits have come into our nation and need to be cast out just as they were by the apostles. How? The same way it was done in the ancient world with the word of God, repentance and revival. Just as the gods of paganism prey upon the young, the children, we need to rescue these children from the pagan public schools and give them the gospel, a Christ-centered education. That's vital to ridding our nation of these pagan gods who are not any challenge to our God, our Lord Jesus Christ. If you would like a CD copy of today's program, please ask for number 1806, The Return of the Gods, Part 1. That's number 1806, The Return of the Gods, Part 1. The CD also includes next week's program, Part 2. You can order a CD copy of this program from our website. Our website is issuesineducation.org. That's issuesineducation.org. Please give us a call at 928-776-0000. That's 928-776-0000 from 2 Corinthians 10.4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. For Issues in Education, this has been Bob and Jerry Boyd.